Look, Bumble knows you're exhausted by dating. All the, must not take yourself too seriously, and 6-1 since that matters, and what do I even say other than, hey? <sighs> well, that's why they're introducing an all-new Bumble. With exciting features to make compatibility easier, starting the chat better, and dating safer. They've changed, so you don't have to. Download the new Bumble now. And we're live. Welcome to the Misfit Nation. Misfit Nation. We start our show off with the same message, live or recorded. If you're a veteran and you are feeling like you're leaving a path towards the darkness, stop. Think about those who are around you. Think about what you mean to them. Think about how much they value you. You are not alone. You need to talk to someone. Reach out to your inner circle. If you're embarrassed or feel like you'll be a burden, Dial the, dial the hotline at 988 and take option one if you're a veteran. Don't make a permanent solution to a temporary problem. If you're a new listener, viewer, thanks for hanging out with us. Be sure to subscribe to our YouTube channel and uh, on all your favorite podcasting apps. That will help us keep this, motiv- this uh, momentum going and bring great guests to you, such as our next guest has been a practitioner and teacher of personal and spiritual development for over a decade, an average student of avid student of mindfulness and meditation he graduated from the blue mountain school of mindfulness arts seminary program in 2018 with a master's in buddhist ministry and was ordained osho or priest in 2019 in this capacity he has served the past several years as an interfaith minister in prisons and hospitals he began the studies in buddhism and new thought as a young adult seeking resolutions to his own life dramas overcoming his 20 plus year compulsive relationship with porn he was inspired to share his journey and support other men in their path to liberation through his online Facebook support group, Point to Purpose. He currently runs the 90-day Liberation Boot Camp as well as the 7-day Porn Abstinence Challenge. He is passionate about the community's commitment to support committed fathers and husbands in ending their toxic relationship with porn so they can reignite that passion in their relationships and be better role models to their children. So without further ado... Let's bring, let's welcome Matt Sinkovich to the Misfit Nation. Welcome, Matt. Rich, thanks so much for having me, brother. Honored to be here. Uh, it's awesome. Let's, uh, I mean, you hooked, you linked in with me. I said, I got to get this guy. Uh, a lot of people that have this issue uh, that are 
I guess, connected to that at the hip. And they need to, I guess, find a way away from it or at least move away from it a little bit so they can have a more fruitful life. And uh, it's great to have you here and to share your message with our audience. Yeah, brother. Really appreciate you having me. Thank you so much. So if you don't mind, uh, tell us a little bit more about yourself from as far back as you want to go. Uh, you know, notwithstanding everything I just read off in that that long uh, intro about you there, yeah. not trying to embarrass you and stuff, but just tell us a little more about yourself. Yeah, all good, brother. Thanks so much for the opportunity. Um, yeah, you know, uh, I, uh, I'm an interfaith uh, chaplain and uh, minister. And uh, I grew up traditionally in the in the in the Christian tradition, and uh, then kind of um, branched off into the Buddhist studies in my in my younger adult years. And I found uh, through my work, I was called to a higher level of living, and kind of recognized that, that pornography was a big issue for me um, in my life, and something I needed to get resolved. So I decided to get some support around this, and keep um, coaching, and, and got pornography resolved for myself. And uh, began supporting and helping other men do the same work. Wow, uh, that's a that's a big uh, big uh, tasking that you've taken on. And uh, I think I was looking at stats earlier today. I think it's five to eight percent of all Americans have some kind of unhealthy relationship with porn at this time. About twenty eight thousand people at any given time in America are, are watching some kind of pornography. It, when you were doing it for twenty plus years, you were involved with, uh, I guess, watching it and stuff like that. So. Uh, how did you realize that it was time for you to pivot and make that change? Yeah, brother. Um, it was, it was something, you know, uh, pornography addiction is something that a lot of men deal with, I think in the, in the secrecy and the privacy of their lives. And um, it's something that, that a lot of us deal with very much by ourselves. And I, I as I grew in my, in my personal and spiritual development kind of journey, I had I had moments like especially in my young adult life when I began to recognize it was a problem. Like I began noticing, <clears throat> I prefer in many cases to stay in on the computer on a Friday or Saturday night versus go out and connect with my friends. Or I was using pornography, right? And, and instead of instead of connecting intimately with my with, with with my partner at the time, so I began to kind of recognize like these kind of like little themes in my life that I saw as as unhealthy and. Not, not, not a way in which I want to continue. Porn, for those that are listening and, and kind of can relate to this, also has a way of the more we watch it, the more we consume, just like any drug. It's like we're looking for that dopamine and we look for more extreme genres. We need more and more of it to, to arouse us. And I just, I just recognized that it was taking an unhealthy uh, path in my life. And I had made several attempts to quit. I told myself many times I was going to quit, but was unsuccessful. And that's when I really recognized that I needed to get support around it. When you first started the, your, you took your journey, you found your way of healing and then you started the group. Was there uh, any uh, pensive uh, reaction to you starting a group for others to come join you? Or did you have to go out, reach and grab them to get them in there? Or was it really easy? Hey, I want to, I'm starting mm-hmm. this group. Come, come here and learn, learn a better way. Yeah, it was, in, it, it was actually, it's actually pretty, it was pretty organic, uh, Rich. You know, I, I decided whenever I whenever I decided to start helping men in this work, I decided to share my journey publicly. And um, so I, I shared it on Facebook and a lot of people resonated. And I even shared that I was going to be starting to open up and, and offer some support to other men uh, that were also struggling. And almost immediately I had, I had a handful of men reach out to me said, saying that they were looking for support. Um, so I was able to 
um, and, and enroll them in one of our programs and begin giving them help right away. And around the same time, I also created the, the Facebook community, um, which is called Porn to Purpose, and just began inviting inviting men. And it's uh, a lot of men have joined, and I have conversation every day with men that are struggling with it, Rich. Well, that's good. I mean, uh, finding in finding it easy to get a, a group of people to find uh, to look out for help. I mean, we have all kinds of addictions in in our world, and this is just one of them. And you you have a I guess put your finger on the pulse to try to help others. Uh, what made you uh, study Buddhism for one and become a Buddhist priest? Mm -hmm. You know, um, so I grew up in the in the Christian in the Christian church, and I still have deep ties in in the in the Christian faith, and I'm still very much a student of 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 the of the teachings of Christ. Um, and the, the Christianity, the, the idea, the version of God that I was given as a kid, it just left a lot of, um, unanswered questions for me. And I found myself in my mid twenties, very depressed, suicidal, unhappy with myself, unhappy with my life in a, in a really dark place. And so I began to just look inwardly. And, um, I remember I was working away from home at the time and I was staying in this hotel that I was actually working at. And, and I went to um, I went to the bookstore one night and began just looking for anything I could find in like the psychology and personal development section. I was looking for ways to understand my mind and, and why, why I was so tormented by it. And so I found meditation and mindfulness. And, you know, there's obviously Buddhist ties there. So my path into 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 Buddhism was really a, a path of me seeking deeper understanding into myself and into my mind and. That's what I found Buddhism to be is really a, a psychology, a philosophy for a more peaceful, uh, a, a more peaceful way of living. Definitely. And I think most people think of Buddhism and they think of Zen or, or the calming, the calming uh, noises that they, that they uh, do their chants to and stuff. Right. Uh, we were in Korea. We'd, we climbed mountains and find Buddhist temples in like caves in the mountains. It was amazing uh, where they would put them up there. And you're just so peaceful overlooking something if you looked down as you were climbing you were scared to death but as you got in there you felt that ease with yes. all with one with the world and it was amazing yes brother so I, I can see why that path is better for for someone especially with a christian background to change into something else to try to find a better path and find that mindfulness and that calming and belief for you and then and then of course you went into the prisons to talk yeah. to with the interfaith ministries i'm sure that that audience is a totally different audience than the I mean, you have all levels of people that are in prison. There, mm -hmm. There's ma major offenders down to those who are in there just for something crazy that they made a mistake one day and they wound yeah. up in there. Mm -hmm. So how are they as far as receptive towards you, not just as uh, interfaith ministries, but if you were pushing or trying to promote the abstinence from porn in there? Mm -hmm. Well, um, so so I grew, up in, uh, I grew up in a very traditional Christian household, as I mentioned, and my parents were heavily involved in, in missions work and prison work, and, and they still are. And um, so some of my earliest memories were mission trips with my family and being in the prisons really early with my family. So I kind of, those seeds were planted uh, in my life very early on, seeds of ministry. And um, I, yeah, as, as I was graduating seminary, I went to a four-year seminary where I, you know, went deep into my practice and was certified in mindfulness counseling and some of our different practices, there were some opportunities to go in as a clergy member and begin serving in the prison. So I went in there as a Buddhist, but in, in, in my role, in my capacity, I was also really very much like the interfaith guy. So 
I, I, I don't believe I was doing the work around pornography at the time. I, when I was going into the prisons, it was purely on like a ministry um, interfaith uh, perspective. So I went into the prison and just began holding regular meditation and general, you know, spiritual discussions and spiritual studies. And, um, you know, I don't, I wasn't going in there with an agenda, you know, there was no agenda to convert or, or enroll anybody to anything. I, I, I went in there and offered meditation and offered, um, yeah, spiritual counsel. And a lot of men resonated with it that were just looking for some peace, you know? So, you know, men, men from all backgrounds, including Christian, that we're looking to cultivate greater levels of, of peace of mind and peace of spirit within that chaotic environment. So I went in and I, I found that I got guys all the way from the guy who didn't believe God existed at all wow. to the guy who was more like, uh, Hey, I'm more uh, I'm spiritual, but not religious. Kind of those guys who wanted to have a, a connection spiritually, but maybe they just, um, the, the traditional answers weren't doing it for them. So I got a hodgepodge of all the guys who just were kind of like the, you know, the overflow from the other other traditions that maybe didn't feel like a fit at the time. So they were very receptive. I always went in there with, you know, just from a heart of contribution. And we did our meditation and we talked spirituality and, and you know, the, the makings of a good life. And it was very well received in there. Definitely. I think in the last 20 years or so, we've seen more of a shift of you, you don't have to just be one a focus towards one religion, like say exactly. uh, Christianity or something, you can have multiple uh, paths to your calmness and your inner self yeah. to find that mindfulness. And it's more accepted now than it was say in the nineties, eighties, seventies, stuff like that. Yeah. Now it's, it's more expected for someone to have a multidimensional, a spiritual uh, view of life. Yeah. Do you see that as you go on your, to talk to other people? Do you see that as well? Yeah, I am seeing that. And, and, and I'll even say that uh, now, very, very traditional Christians who maybe don't haven't really explored maybe what, what Buddhism is um, might argue this point. But what I'll say is I found that there are many people who are practicing uh, Christians and also practice Buddhism because the, the, you know, Buddhism, from my perspective, is not we're not worshiping a deity or we're not worshiping Buddha. Again, it's this philosophy. It's a psychology for a way of li- a, a, a way of life, a, a way to uh, create like peace from the suffering that we all deal with in the inner turmoil. So it's really like a perspective and approach to life. And I think it can work. Um, uh, it, it can be very complementary to any faith or any tradition or any religion. I don't think it has to be in conflict to it. So yeah, I am seeing that more and more people are opening up to this, these ideas and seeing the common themes in all the teachings. Definitely. And we have a question from one of the listeners here. I'll pop it up here for you. Yeah. Uh, Jake Holland from Kentucky. How do you approach someone who you may think has a problem? Yeah, very good. Um, just like in the prisons, man, you know, I, I'm not really, I'm not really out there trying to find the people with the problem. I, what we do, uh, Rich, and, and thanks for the question, is that I create this place. I create the the Porn to Purpose community on Facebook. I create a safe, warm, loving, non-judgmental environment for men to come in, and even if if even if they're not going to engage, to be a fly on the wall. And that gives them an opportunity to come in and kind of uh, observe the conversation. And I'm not really approaching anyone. I'm just more putting out the message, hey, we're here to help. Not everybody has a problem with porn. We even hear from some guys who say, hey, you know what? Porn is something I look at once in a while. It's not a big deal for me or me and my partner use it in our relationship, but it doesn't really doesn't really do much for me or it's not a big deal. Just like some people can drink a couple beers and it's not a problem. 
But some guys have, you know, one drink and it turns into, into complete chaos. Same with porn. For some people, it's really unhealthy. So we just kind of create this place to say, hey, if porn's an issue for you, then here's a safe place for you to come in and begin to have this exploration and, and do this work. So we just exist and we're available to, to, to support those that, that are needing some support. Definitely. And uh, Jake also came up with a follow-up. Uh, Buddha wasn't a Christian, but Jesus would have been a good Buddhist. Exactly, brother. Exactly. I think at the end of the day, man, I think at the end of the day, we're all talking about the same thing. We're all talking about a lot of the same themes. And no matter who you are, like I say my prayers regularly. And I think whether it's a Christian or a Buddhist or a Muslim, when we're when we're closing our eyes and we're praying, I think we're all praying to the same God, man. That's my belief. So I do agree with you, brother. Thanks for that. Thanks for that point. Yeah, I, I believe that as well. And uh, you almost took the, uh, my next question away from you. I was going to ask you, I mean, since your your ministry really right now is to push away from porn, uh, porn to purpose. Mm -hmm. I believe what you're doing now could also work for other addictions. Like you mentioned, those guys who drink one beer, two beers, and they can cut it off. And then there's others that they drink one and it goes to 24. Right. I think what you're doing can probably help them as well. Do you believe that too? Yeah, brother. I think at the end of the day, man, and, and again, this is like what my studies in, in, in Buddhism and mindfulness and meditation have, have taught me. We all have these things that that we, we've developed coping mechanisms for. For some of us, it's food. That's been a big one for me. For some of it's drugs, it's alcohol. For a lot of us today, it's the phone and the screen and, and television and our computers. It's smoking, it's gambling, whatever it is. At the at, like, All of these things are surface symptoms of something deeper. So what I found in, in pornography is that, you know, very often, especially as we as our relationship with porn develops and evolves, we're not just using porn to meet a sexual need. Sometimes th that's the case. And sometimes we think that's what it is. But oftentimes it's something below the surface. It's that I recognize I'm sad, I'm lonely, I'm anxious, I'm feeling guilty, I'm feeling ins insignificant and insufficient in life. And I'm looking for, for meaning, I'm looking for stimulation. And I think, and, and maybe maybe at the core of it, I'm hurting somehow. I'm, I'm, I'm hurting and I just want to check out and not deal with, with the emotions. And I think drugs, alcohol, whatever it might be, it's the same thing. Under the surface, man, there's something else that we're trying to accomplish through this, this substance. And through our path, through our awakening, I think we can begin to recognize that these ways that we've been using to cope, which maybe for a time did work, just, just don't work um, anymore. So yeah, there's very much, I, I think very similar themes in, in all of addiction, Rich. I agree with you there. And uh, another uh, listener question here is a long one. So I'll, I'll put it up here for you. Mm -hmm. At what point does one know he or she has a problem with porn? Sometimes we tend to justify ourselves to the point of being blind to the problem we have. Yeah, I really appreciate that. That's a great, that's a great question. Um, so I, I use a couple key indicators, and I'd love to share them with your audience here today, Rich. Um, so what are some ways that we can begin to identify if, if porn's a problem for us? Again, some people use it kind of casually. Um, and, and I think what's really important is that we have to be honest with ourselves. And just like your listener said there, sometimes we tend to justify it. So guys, what we really have to do is we have to have a willingness to be honest with ourselves and check in and really like say, is this an integrity for me or not? You know, is this, is this in alignment with the man or the person that I want to be or not? So the, I think the first thing we can begin to do, guys, is begin to take a look at the immediate kind of reactions uh, uh, or experiences right after porn. Like typically right after porn use, if it's something that doesn't really drive with us or it's not healthy, we'll experience of feelings of low self-esteem, 
shame, guilt, remorse. We'll feel a sense of kind of regret. Maybe we'll tend to withdraw socially. We'll tend to withdraw sexually. We'll kind of, we'll have like a, an adverse mental, physical, spiritual, or emotional reaction. So I think one thing we can begin to do is like, okay, I was feeling pretty good today. I used porn. Like now how am I feeling the next 12 hours, the next 24 hours, the next 48 hours, like really gauge what is the impact? Is my energy up or is my energy down? Do I feel better about myself or do I feel not so good about myself? Did I promise myself I wasn't going to do it again? And I broke my promise to myself and here I am all over again. So that's the first way is to really gauge like what, what is my emotional state, my energetic state, my spiritual state, my mental state after use. That's one way. Number two is, is porn something that you have to hide in your life? Is it something that you carry like a secretive energy about? Like a, a question I like to ask our guys in our community, like how comfortable would you be right now handing over your phone to your, to your wife, your partner, your pastor, right? Like how comfortable would you be if, if, if your phone opened up and the world could see your browsing history right now? Is porn something you have to sneak around with? Is something something you have to hide? Is, is, is it like a secretive um, energy in your life? Is it something you have to lie about? I think that's another good indicator. And number three, this is a great one. I mentioned this as part of my story. Is it something you've tried to quit or told yourself you're going to quit, but you continue to go back to? You said, you know what? This is the last time I'm done. I don't like the way it makes me feel. And, and you know, maybe you can go a couple of days or a couple of weeks, but you continue to kind of relapse and let yourself down. That would be another indication and inability to control your behavior around it. Definitely. And I think that's a great answer. Hopefully that answered the question yes. very well there. I think, uh, hopefully it did. There's no uh, rebuttals yet. So yep. I think, I think you hit the nail on the head that time. Uh, how much time did do you feel like you took away from your, your significant other and yourself and your actual having a purpose in life when you were mm -hmm. so down that spiral for 20 years? Yeah, man. You know, uh, again, I think it really began to impact me in my twenties and thirties, whenever I would say it was like, Again, you know, you use porn, you masturbate, and then, you know, you're at home during the day and then your, your, your partner gets home and then you're less interested in sex that night or you're feeling sexually awkward or kind of energetically off. Um, you know, it's like, it's, those are the impacts that really affected, uh, I, think, I think, my relationship. So, you know, it's hard to really gauge how much time was wasted, but I can say that many otherwise healthy relationships we're definitely affected by it. It's kind of hard to put a number on it, but I know, I know two or three like good relationships um, were affected by it, especially because whenever I began really using it more regularly was when, you know, when I was a kid, there was no dial up. Uh, there was no internet in the home, <laughs> but then, you know, internet came into the home, like around the end of high school, then uh, high speed came. And so like right around that era, whenever high speed came into our lives and we all had phones and computers in our houses, that's when it really surged. So there was a couple of key relationships in, in in my life during that time that I know were definitely affected by my use of pornography. I, I, I can believe that we didn't have internet in our house at all. So uh, right. I was I was a little before you, so we didn't have no internet until I was a, a working adult. So it was, it was really different. It was magazines or nothing at that point. Exactly. Yeah. <laughs> so it's a totally different world. And uh, now uh, most of uh, the young men and women are they're just exposed to it immediately as soon as they as soon as they get their first device. Yes. Their first device links into the world of uh, darkness or whatever they want to go to. Anything they want to go to can be uh, found on it. Maybe, whether it's true or not, it's on there. They'll be able to find it. That's right, brother. In your practice, uh, 
not just doing the porn to purpose. Do you have a a place you go for temple for Buddhism too as well, or do you have host a temple for for fellow uh, practitioners? Yeah, we have a local we have a local um, temple a, a local temple. Uh, we have a local community here. It's called a sangha um, where we meet. Our our main building was actually recently sold, kind of like after COVID. So we've been regrouping. We still have a community. We meet regularly for for different ceremonies, typically seasonally. And we just reestablished a local um, a, a local Monday evening kind of sit or meditation service here in our area. So we still have regular service and regular community, um, and and we'll typically use different um, different um, like locations in our area for for physical meeting locations. Um, I, I guess until we acquire a new place. Understood that, and mm-hmm. COVID kind of put everyone into a curveball and yes. had to do a lot of weird, a lot of weird things for the last yeah. two plus years, yeah. based on wherever you lived. Depending on where you lived, it was different everywhere, and each state was different with their restrictions. That's right. So I'm sure it was hard. Uh, if if uh, someone listening or, or when they listen to the pre-recorded, how could they uh, get in contact with you? Maybe to find a way to get out of their addiction, or just to learn more about you and Buddhism. Yeah. Thanks very much. Um, uh, Rich and and uh, so I'll say a couple places uh, that would be easiest to reach is I mentioned the Porn to Purpose community, which is a private men's only community on Facebook. I take a close look at all the profiles that come in there. We make sure that everybody's in there is like a legit, real um, profile and a real person, so we don't have people, um, you know, doing anything shady. So it's like people can at least come in as much as you can on Facebook and have like vulnerable conversations and feel safe about it. So. Porn2Purpose.com. Um, uh, I'm sorry, Porn2Purpose uh, community on Facebook is a great place to do it. You can go to Porn2Purpose.com and download a free guide uh, of the Freedom from Porn Accelerator, which is a, it's just a guide that we uh, offer uh, as a free download for men. It's a, a process by which we help you actually navigate the urge or the impulse to use porn. It's a real simple tool that we provide you. And you can also, if you're not on Facebook or you don't want to do that, you can just send me an email directly to uh making peace with porn at gmail.com awesome matt thanks for sharing your story with us and uh what you're doing is great and i hope you help more people than uh you're actually i'm sure you're being humble with the number of people you're telling us about i'm sure there's more than that the numbers i the statistics excuse me the statistics i brought up are i think it was updated last year 2021 i'm sure the numbers are skewed either up or down if 28,000 people at any given time are watching porn there's there's some kind of problem with about 28,000 people every day doing that or any given time. Yeah, so buddy. I'm sure hopefully they can uh, reach out and just, just see if they can curb it a little bit and maybe find better ways to handle their time during the day, especially when they have downtime and they're, they're a little bored. Maybe they can build something instead of doing that. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, for sure, brother. I really appreciate the opportunity to be here today. And, and th- thanks so much for the invitation, Rich. Uh, no problem. I appreciate you. Uh, thanks everyone for joining us tonight. On this uh, live chat uh, with uh, Matt Sinkovich, don't forget to visit our website, themisfination.com. Check out all our past episodes. Uh, Of course, you can buy our swag there. As always, uh, be humble, stay hungry, and keep hustling because we are the Misfit Nation.